We are live. Here we go. Another episode of Stories from Mountain Town. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here today with Steve Knox. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, yeah. Um, so Steve is the latest um, winner of the Jackson Hole Stillworks um, Spirit of Wyoming. It's kind of a mouthful when you, th- when you say the whole contest name. Spirit of <laughs> Wyoming Vodka Bottle Label Art Contest. Um, we just, the, actually the public just voted Steve as our winner on, what was that? Like, uh, mid January. It's been about three weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mid January. Um, and the, the, the latest bottles with his art is just hitting the shelves right now. And you have one right with you. Could could you show that to the audience? Get it out of the sun there. Yeah. Looking fantastic. Sorry, it's bad view, but it's all good. um, They look amazing. Uh, Way better than I could have imagined. Yeah, it was. It's outstanding. And your piece. Um, tell us actually before we go any farther, tell us a little bit about yourself. Just kind of introductory type stuff. All right. Um. So I'm born and raised here in Wyoming. I live in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Mm -hmm. Um. And I'm an art teacher. uh, Father of four. Just had a. My wife just had our daughter on Saturday. So. Congrats. growing family. Uh, yeah. Been teaching art um, at the elementary level now for about 12 years. Um, my teaching career has been about 15 years. I taught in Laramie and Rock River for a while. Yeah. Um, been making artwork my, as, as, as long as I can remember, really. So <laughs> That's awesome. um, kind of started taking it more seriously in the last five or six years, trying to uh, move into selling artwork and um, pursuing you know, what every artist would love to do, which is to make art for a living, but not yeah. quite there as, as far as making a living yet, but we're sure having fun trying. Definitely. Yeah. And um, tell us about your piece a little bit. When I post this to social media, I'll put one of the files I have of it up in the post as well. So people can see it. Cause um, yeah, sounds good. I may post this video like later down the road, but initially just okay. audio. Cool. Yeah. Um, so the piece is called okay. morning's light. It is uh obviously inspired by the Tetons and mm. the Mormon row barns. Mm. Um, and it was, uh, it was kind of funny. I hadn't really painted any part of that part of Wyoming or the Tetons, but uh, in August, my family and I just did a drive through trip through that part of the state. And uh, we uh, stopped there at the barns and took some photos and it just clicked that that's, I want to paint for a while. So I did a whole series of um, paintings with uh, the Tetons in them. Yeah. And uh, so, man, I found, I found some images of some bison that I really liked and the Mormon row barn that was just an image that was just glowing in the morning sun and just went with it. And it was just part of a series that I was already working with uh, where I was using uh, bold white lines outline for certain parts of the image and uh, yeah, kind of grayed in background and sky, but really strong contrast in lines. So yeah. I keep looking really over there. I'm looking at my, well. I'm looking at my other screen. I have your website pulled up and I'm just looking at the piece again. Um, but it's, yeah. So were there bison there when you were, when you were there no. or you just, yeah. Have no, you seen I've, pictures uh, when they're, when they are standing right by it? it? Yeah. And that's a lot of the images I use or I, I create, I piece in, you know, a bison from this photograph and a background from this photograph. And yeah. So yeah. I, that's the great thing about art. It, is it doesn't have to be the real photo. I can paint where, you know, bison in New York city, if I want. So. Yeah. That'd be cool. In it's that fun. style. That'd be cool. Yeah. Maybe it's the next thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and for those that are just listening, so if you're familiar with the, um, the Mormon Row Barn, the famous barn out in uh, Antelope Flats here in Grand Teton National Park, uh, with the Teton silhouette behind it, a couple of buffalo, buffalo standing right in front of it, and you have, like you mentioned, that white outline thing. You, the way you like outline the different, um, I'm not, I'm not like an, I'm not an artist or anything. So I may misspeak at some of these terms, but the way you outline some of like the subjects in, in the piece are fantastic. It's just like, even though they may be similar colors, that outlining just like makes it pop and just like pull apart um, in a good way to show that it is its own thing within the painting. Absolutely, man. It's it, my paintings. A lot of them focus on color, line, and I would say contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that white is actually it's not white. It's a, a really light, light blue. Oh um, yeah, yeah. But it, it it just it breaks apart the different planes of the image, and it totally creates this stark contrast between this shape and this shape, and it just really works well together. And um, it's a, it's a thing that I've been doing in my paintings for the last, I don't know, six months and I really enjoy it. And it yeah. seems to be getting a lot of good feedback. So I, I'm going to keep going with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You said it in a much more technical way than, <laughs> than what I could do, but yeah, e- even though they're outlined and they kind of are, they are noticeably separate of each other, you can, you know, see that they're separate items or, or, or have what, what have you. Uh, the, my brain knows that all of these things should be in the same painting. This, this is just a scene that is just so classic Wyoming, classic Jackson. That is why I think you, you won in the, in the manner that you did. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, but it couldn't have happened at a better time. I'd finished this painting in like late October mm-hmm. and then you got the, the Steelworks guys posted that they're looking for the um, label competition call for artists and I was like man and then on top of that it just happened to be the square size that needed to be yeah and I'm like well here we go let's give it a shot and yeah. um you know I might have I might have if, if I hadn't just finished that piece I might have done something different for the competition but it just was it couldn't have worked out better it was perfect yeah and actually because of COVID we did the competition at a different time of the year than ever before um yeah. I started working with uh Chaz and Trav in uh, the end of June. And I think they usually do it around the June time frame, maybe a little bit later. And then, and then like in beginning of the next year is when the labels go to production, but they were able to like, they weren't yeah. sure how we could do some sort of party. Maybe they kind of wanted to wait it out. And we, we figured out this live stream idea and it ended up working out perfectly. And then because they have a really good relationship with the label maker, they were able to get it like we got them that last file. And then like five days later, they had like their first little mini run of the labels. Yeah. I was super impressed with how fast everything went. Um, Actually the whole process from the day that I got the call for art to the day that I got accepted into the show, you know, juried into the top eight to then I had to get a figure out how to get to Jackson, like the very next week. Yeah. On top of that, I had to get the artwork to Jackson like three days later. Like it was, it was fast. Everything was super fast. And I I feel like it's still going fast. Um, I'm, I'm told that the bottle should be in the stores like in the next week or so. So yeah, I just think to they, me, it's crazy how fast it is. Yeah. I think they're, I think they're with the distributors right now and they should be any day now getting two yeah. shelves. Um, but that just might be a slow process sometimes, but yeah, they're out there. Um, and uh, to, t- to tell a story from my perspective of the whole thing. Um, so when we, to go from when we picked you as a winner, it was like that next Monday, 
or when you were picked as the winner, I mean, um, we had your piece and we need um, jazz. was like, Hey, do you know a really good photographer that could take a picture of this to and color, make it perfect color corrections to make it our actual label file. And I'm like, yeah, I, I got a guy. So I got him and he was able to do it. Like I was texting him the night before the next morning we go over <laughs> there and um, we take the pictures and I'm like, Oh, they look great. And then we kind of went back and forth on some color stuff. Cause the lighting was kind of funky. And we were like going in to shout out to Peter Lavozo is his name. He's a photographer here in Jackson. He was able to like go into every little, we like, we were like in the distillery with your piece and then with his computer. And we were like looking at every little detail, little stroke on the file to see if it matched your actual piece to be like, we need this as, accurate as freaking possible for this that's um, awesome yeah. and he was able to like that's color task yeah he's able to like color correct the little minimal like mini like brush strokes and little every little different colored aspect on your on the file um based on just us like looking at it and being like you know i think that's a little bit darker than the than the file or something like that sure so shout out to him for being available and just being able to um, heck yeah be, be patient with me Chaz and Trav in his ear for like an hour <laughs> yeah well it was cool too because they included me um they were sending me proofs through email and yeah. allowing me to say hey does this look right and I'm, yeah I, yeah absolutely it was really cool so yeah I mean that um, I know there's yeah that speaks to like you know that speaks to why Chaz and Trav do this whole contest it's all about I think Chaz is Chaz is more of the art fan and so he was kind of driving force and getting this idea going, but it's all about just getting exposure for you, the artists and the other finalists. It's all about that. Like we don't, we'll make money because people will buy the bottles obviously, but we don't make any money in doing the contest. We don't, um, we actually gained a bunch of social media followers, but that's about it. Um, yeah, which, so just it's my awesome point, yeah. My point yeah. just being that, it's all about you, the artist, making sure that you're proud of what ends up going in the bottles and it's what you saw when you painted this this piece. Yeah, it's super cool that they do it. Um, yeah. Finding opportunities for artists in Wyoming in a pandemic, no, no, you know, no less, is yeah. really hard. Mm -hmm. So anytime uh, you can make a relationship with a small business like Jacksonville Steelworks or, uh, you know, Wyoming Arts Council, things like that, Yeah, it's invaluable there's no way to put a price tag on it whether whether i win or lose i'm you know i'm i'm there participating and that's awesome and on top of that i met some great guys yeah i got to spend time with all of you guys at jackson hole still works mm -hmm. and um all the other artists super super cool opportunity um i've already made uh i've got plans with one of the artists that was participating ty halleck yeah we're gonna do a, we're gonna do a pop-up show in casper together Oh, that's um, so cool. I didn't know that. All stemming. Yeah. We're in the talks right now. We're looking for venues and trying to figure out how to get it going, but it's all, you know, Wyoming's a place that has, you know, sometimes hundred mile gaps between communities and different art communities. Yeah. And it's hard to bridge those gaps and an opportunity like that, where it brought artists from not only Jackson, but me, the farthest place in Wyoming from Jackson, just about mm -hmm. all the way up there and combined us all and made them all, made us all, you know, collaborate. Now we're ready to go and make more art happen. So yeah, Jackson will still works and Chaz and Travis are doing some really cool things. So they, I don't even think they understand how cool it is. Um, I know they, it's good for them and for everybody, but it's really great for the artists that participate. 
So, and yeah, and definitely arts in general. Yeah. If you guys need any help, like with the marketing side of that, like message the Stowers account or text me or whatever, and I'll help you guys out. We'll, we'll throw it out to our audience. So anybody over there can see that and can go support you guys. That's awesome. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just going to, what was I going to say? Dang it. <laughs> I had a thought Sorry. when you were talking there. Not too much. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, no, you not. You talk too much. I have, I am, I have definite, definite ADD brain. So thoughts come and they go very quickly if I don't get sure. them out in the world. Um, but yeah, definitely. Oh, oh, I've, I got it. I got it. Um, I was going to say, I think this year's voting compared to other years voting was a lot more of places outside of the Jackson hole Valley because of the way we did the, the, like the voting system online. So like yeah. we got votes from like a, across the country. And I think like a couple of places like in Europe or something. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. We had a very wide range of votes. And I think that was the whole idea with Chaz had this idea. He, he, it was like, he got sent like a gun raffle thing. And this sort of system was how that you registered in it. And he's like, can we do that on our site? And we kind of just figured it out. It'd be like, it, we, we disguised a shop page because we have a shop page on our website. We disguised yep. a shop page as a voting page because yep. it already had all the payment method stuff in there. And that's how we were able to get it done and get it out to the masses. Sure. And it worked out. I think it worked out pretty cool. And on top of that, um, you know, I was a little worried about paying for a vote, but everybody was so thrilled that it was going to a good cause. And, yeah. you know, there was, I don't think I talked to a single person who voted that even complained a little bit. It was, it was like, yeah, who cares? Like this is going to a good cause and we're going to vote for the art we like. And I think it worked out great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I saw some, I, saw, I had some messages on the social media page that were like asking about it and were being kind of weird about it. But I was just like, it's, it's all donation. Like we're not pocketing any of this. It's going to a really good sure. cause. And it's, and it's also $5. It's like, yeah, not like that. It's not big of a deal. Ex yeah, exactly. It's not going to, not going to break the bank on anybody. And if yeah. you couldn't afford it, then you don't have to vote. You're, you're not making somebody vote. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we didn't certainly didn't have a lack of votes because of the, the, the cost barrier. <laughs> We, they yeah, had like, no. we had like three times the amount of votes of any other year. Well, I think that just goes to opening it up. Um, not just in person, you know, the whole, mm -hmm. the world has, has migrated that way. You know, everything's going to be online a lot more now yeah. because of the pandemic. So, I mean, yeah, of course, you're, then you're spreading it, opening it up to the whole world rather than just the people who can be in Jackson on that weekend. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's good. Definitely. Cool. Um, so I think, I think that's enough about uh, the contest. Let's talk a little, little bit more about you. Um, All right. <laughs> when did you, so you said you've been a teacher for a while, an art teacher for a while. When did you really start to get, um, feel the need to like explore making art? And then when did you kind of decide that um, painting in this way was, was what you wanted to do? Okay, so I'll, I'm going to go way back. I can tell you the day that I decided I was going to be an art teacher. Oh, like that's awesome. Middle of the year, seventh grade. I was in Mr. Hart's art class. Mr. I think Hart, it was shout out. Color class. Shout out to Mr. Yeah. Hart. Yeah, um, it's kind of cool. I ended up, my first couple of years, I got to teach with him. Like, so it was kind of cool. Um, that's awesome. But uh, yeah, like he had told me something. He goes, man, you're, you're talented. You need to do something with your art. And right then I'm like, man, I, what else do you do? I'm going to be an art teacher. Came home, told my parents I was going to do. 
went through college, made it, made it happen. And that's where that is, you know, and um, my focus in college on the art side of things was printmaking almost exclusively. Um, I took the painting classes and everything that I had to, but printmaking was where, where my heart was. What is, and, uh, what is printmaking for those of us uh, that are not <laughs> art inclined? Print, printmaking encompasses all sorts of stuff. Uh, it goes back to the ancient wood, wood carvings. Um, you see of uh, uh, Mount Fuji and the waves. Those are wood carvings that um, you, you basically, the art of stamping, um, oh. You can then you can go up to intaglio or etchings or lithographs. It's there's so many things that could go into printmaking, but my my printmaking experiences were mostly in zinc etchings and um, lino cuts and woodblock cuts. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a very technical process. It, it um, lots of step by step uh, planning and reverse thought th things like that most painters try to avoid because it, it really ties your hands on what you can do. But mm -hmm. in my opinion, it's really cool because rather than one piece of artwork finished and that's it, um, I can make a print and I can use the same printing plate for a thousand prints. Um, they can either be identical or I can make them different. Um, and it just really takes that, uh, oh, I don't know what's the word, uh, preciousness of one piece of artwork like a painting, that's it. Like once it's gone or if it gets ruined, it's gone, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If I have a print and I spill my coffee on it, toss it, start a new one, um, still, still have the plate ready to go. So it, it, it's, it's a really neat process that I absolutely love. And I still do love it. I just, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not the front of my art making right now. Mm -hmm. um, I picked up the paintbrush again, I, I painted, you know, through high school and in college and stuff, but I picked up the paintbrush again, probably six years ago, just um, at lunchtime, I had some extra time. So I just grabbed some small, like eight inch canvases and just started slapping paint around. And I'd give myself 10 or 15 minutes to paint something real quick or whatever, just, just cause I had a little bit of time and they started turning into some pretty cool things. And I'm like, man, this is fun. And just started painting again. And then people started taking notice and started wanting to buy them. And um, I've always been interested in selling artwork. I just haven't put a lot of focus into it until about six years ago uh, when I started doing some art festivals and things. And then um, my wife, she's just like, she's like this bulldozer who pushes me everywhere I go. She pushes me in the right direction. So <laughs> Yeah, she's definitely the boss and, and, and management, you know, all that good stuff. That Is she in the room funny. to hear that? No, but she's heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's, she's awesome. She, it, I get an idea in my brain and she says, you got to do it and you got to finish it and you got to do it right. So yeah. uh, from there, I just started painting more and more and more um, to the point where I set up a studio in the house again and, and really focused on making work. Um, and I started traveling to the mountain towns in Colorado up to Jackson, uh, Casper, every, everywhere within somewhat driving distance that I could find an art festival that I could apply to and get into. Started selling artwork during the summers and I turned it into my summer job for the last five or six years. Um, oh, that's awesome. And it's awesome because I get to take the family in these really cool towns and they go play in the mountains and I sit, sit in the booth and sell artwork. And it's really just kind of become this really cool, fun summer lifestyle for us. Yeah. So, and then, you know, and then, and then things like Jackson, the Stillworks competition pop up and, you know, those are just bonuses to making art. So, yeah.
That's so cool. Is that is that painting behind you one of yours? It is. Uh, my wife's a huge cow fan, and <laughs> this I think was a birthday present for her a few years ago. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's super yeah. cool. Um, so you're you're now the uh, third painter or you know art part or full time artist I've had on the on the podcast here. And I asked both the other two the same question. What do you do to, you know, do you have a process to get inspiration or to stay inspired when you're in like a painting mode or like, how do you get into the the mode of like creating? Good question. Um, So I kind of have this weird drive and my wife would tell you the same thing. If I don't get into the shop or the studio, whether I'm doing, I do taxidermy on the side too. If I'm not making something, taxidermy, painting, drawing, I, I drive her crazy. I get, I don't know, I can even feel like almost anxiety, Um, (laughs) not in a bad way, but in a way that I know that I need to be making something. Mm -hmm. So really motivation is not hard for me to find when it comes to making artwork. Mm -hmm. Inspiration sometimes can be more difficult, but um, we spend a lot of time outdoors, camping, fishing, hiking, hunting, mm-hmm. you know, all the Wyoming outdoors things that, that we do. And every time I go out there, that's, that's where my inspiration comes from is, um, it's from living life in Wyoming for sure. So, Definitely. Yeah. Uh, most, yeah, most I don't of know. your, I don't, I go ahead. I was going to say most of your, I mean, your gallery page, most of them are some sort of Wyoming animal, whether it's absolutely buffalo a moose a bear elk deer cow bighorn sheep longhorn even even a jackalope yeah which is not even a real wyoming animal but you keep selling yourself that someday you'll see one (laughs) i keep looking every time so i i was raised in minnesota so taylor my girlfriend and i go back there for like weddings and stuff all the time every time i stop at the jackalope um museum in Dubois just because I think it's such an awesome like touristy gimmicky thing that they just decided this is the this is the spot here this gas station yeah for sure well you know where you said Minnesota yeah you guys have Sasquatch right there is an area yeah yeah we have the come on yeah (laughs) it's maybe not as cool and stuff as Sasquatch or whatever but it's our jackalope it's our thing yeah, we also have um <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We also have another thing there's like a lake like uh the the Mississippi River creates a lake in southern Minnesota kind of along the border of Minnesota and Wisconsin and there's like a lake monster like a like a Loch Ness monster type cryptid in there um that okay. they say that we have as well to go along in that category. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. see that's maybe a little cooler than the jackalope but no it have. is not cooler than the jackalope. <laughs> <laughs> we, Jack it's away. what we have and we, we 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 grasp onto it i think and and yeah, yeah like you said i i i don't know i think that wyoming is truly inspirational um w- whether you're in the plains where i'm at um you can find beautiful stuff here you can go to jackson where god it looks like a postcard every time you open the window um or you know anywhere in wyoming the black hills in the northeast part beautiful so yeah there's no lack of inspiration living in a place like wyoming yeah so yeah that's what altitude do you is your house at cheyenne is right around six thousand feet that's not too much lower than than it's the highest capital city in the united states 
Yeah, look at that. I think <laughs> Wyoming too is like the highest average elevation of any state. Yeah, we just like on this plateau, and then there's mountains coming up from there. Yeah, because the way I've ex- been explained it is that like, you know, all that heat from Yellowstone just kind of like as it went up, it just like you know it pulls everything else up with it. So then you know this is Wyoming, and we're kind of all just rising with Yellowstone. Sure. Like a, yeah, we may not have the biggest peaks in the world, you know, like Colorado has those giant peaks, but we have yeah. just a high level of elevation. Yeah. Yeah, I hate when they when they when they discount our mountains cuz they're not 14ers when like the grand is like 200 feet off of 14 and yeah. then like uh what's the what's our biggest peak in the winds? Gannett Gannett Peak, yep. Gannett, yeah, and Gannett's like 100 away from 14. Yeah. 13.9 or something, yeah. And and I think the difference too, with if you look at um, the Teton, uh, the Grand, like the 14ers in Colorado, they're already up on these mountains, whereas the Teton peaks go from this flat straight up. Like, yeah. You know, that's, that's to me impressive. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what uh, I, I like people always tell me like, Oh, we hiked this 14 or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, but like you probably climbed from 12. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You try to try to hike a true 14,000 feet up from a flat surface. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I I was, I was when we drove, when we were up there during the the show with you guys, uh, we drove up through the Teton uh, park and we're out there taking pictures at Granite Lake or, uh, Jackson Lake. Yeah. Um, and it just looks like this flat surface and then vertical. Yeah. It, remi- it reminded me of uh, the mountains up in Alaska that come right off the ocean. It's just oh, yeah. super cool. Yeah. They're, they're, that's what makes the Teton special is like, like I live in Wilson. I could drive and go climb the Grand right now, you know, because it's yeah. like, you don't have to go back anyways. You just like the, the hike of the Grand is just like on in the valley floor. You don't have to like work your way back into something like you can start it right there. You start gaining altitude pretty much immediately and it's right there. Yeah. No foothills to fight and you're drive up and you're just at the base of it as soon as you get out of the car, if you want it to be. Yeah. And they're also, I think they're also like the youngest mountain range in America, I think, or something like that too. Mm -hmm. The Tetons. It wouldn't surprise me. I think I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool once you get into like, I get get it. Once you get a little nerdy in like the formation of them, how it happened, like when it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even like a geology guy, but I I get nerdy about the Tetons sometimes. Yeah, how could you not, man? I love when you leave Jackson heading north there, and you drive around the one small hill where the wildlife um, art museum is, and you come around that hill. Yeah, and they're just like boom in your face, like yeah, it's what a cool sight. Yeah. And it's perfect how you're like, you, you rise up and you're kind of coming out of the refuge and it's just like, you're on this higher plateau and it's just like Teton like range and then the Gravant range on the other side. And you're just like, this is just like this epic, like uh, panoramic. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's every time I go through there, it's like breathtaking. And I've, you know, I don't care how many times I've been there. It's going to be that way. I'm sure forever. So yeah. It's a pretty awesome place. And that's obviously what's what inspired this whole series of artwork that I that I've recently been working on and mm-hmm. the piece that won the bottle competition. Yeah. So mountains are incredible. Definitely. Um 
you know, something I have to do more is get out of, get out of this Valley and explore Wyoming more. I have not done very much of that outside of just like driving to Minnesota and back, like basically going through like Riverton and Casper and then through the Dakotas. But I haven't really, I need to get down to like yeah. your area and like Laramie and all those spots. Share you that. absolutely should, man. There are so many cool little, little hidden gems in Wyoming that you would yeah. never know if you don't go explore. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, that's what we do in the summer is um, we just go explore. Uh, all four of my kids are named after towns in Wyoming. So yeah. that gives me this perfect excuse to go explore. Well, my oldest son is named Dayton. You know, mm. it's at the base of the Bighorns near Sheridan. So that gives me an excuse to go to the Bighorns once a summer. Yeah. Um, our, we have a son named Afton up there by you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we have a son, Bridger. We yeah. go to Fort Bridger. Or that could be the Bridger Tetons, whatever you want to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and then our, our new baby that was just born this weekend, uh, her name is Clark. So it's a little tiny, nearly ghost town outside of Cody. So we're going to go explore that town. So, That's so cool. I love every that one of those places. Every one of those places has something super unique and super cool. Um, I don't know. Do you, have you been to Afton much? It's close to you. Um not really spent any time, but like driven through, cause that's in Star oh, yeah. Valley, right? <laughs> if you blink, yeah. If you blink, you probably yeah. missed it, but there's a, uh, something that's really cool. It's, I think, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's, um, oh, what is it? It's a, uh, it's a, basically it's a spring that comes out of this cliff uh, that turns off every like 17 minutes and then it fills back up and it turns back on and turns into this pretty big creek and it's just the awesome peri- you can- periodic inter- intermittent spring yeah the intermittent spring yeah so yeah. i mean you you can you can go in there you can drink the water as it comes out and then five minutes later it's dry and there's nothing coming out it's just super cool and it's that- a little hike that that it's i don't know a mile and a half hike super easy little hike but just one of those little hidden gems that you would never know if you didn't go to that little town and pick up a brochure so that is so cool. Um, I found oh, yeah. it on like a Wyoming travel website Yeah, and they have a little sign there that explains like why it's happening. Like the caverns yeah. in there. Yeah. It's, it's such a cool little hike. It's only, it's a theory. It's not even proven. Really? Yeah. Because the cavern tubes are too small to actually go and explore. So yeah. Do you think it's a super could, cool place. Do you think they could shoot like that LIDAR stuff in there? That you know, those laser, have you heard of those lasers that they're using to explore the Amazon? Yeah. I wonder if they could do know. that. I'm like, well, well, but wouldn't it, it maybe it bounce off the rock? Yeah, because it's it's a huge, like probably two hundred foot cliff above where the spring comes out. So I don't know if they could do any of that stuff. But but yeah, and then so like so you have a little town of Afton that has something super cool like that. Um, then Bridger is Fort Bridger is such a cool historic landmark with some of the coolest stories of the West coming right through there, and we get to go visit that every year and. Yeah. see the see see the sights yeah so, i'm gonna I mean, yeah. i'm gonna say something that taylor told my girlfriend told me not to say but um say my my dog is named bridger too she said yeah, that's right she said some parents don't like it when you say their your dog's name is their kid's name because yeah she oh. being a nurse here they a lot of bridgers are born here too yeah but yeah. yeah so and and what and our dog's name are maverick and bridger and then she had um twins that the the parents decided to name them Maverick and Bridger, like oh, without <laughs> knowing our dog's names. 
That's too funny. Um, no, I, I don't find that offensive at all. It's a great name. Yeah. So. I mean, if I, if I had a child already, I would probably have named him Bridger before I had the dog. Yeah. Um, but yeah, have you, I love the whole, I I read, um, a biography of Jim Bridger. That guy was such a badass. Oh yeah, absolutely. He was like guiding the U S army to fight the natives when he was like 80, when nobody, nobody passes 80 in that day and age. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And on top of that, he was still probably trapping and making a living off the land. Like if you talk about a tough guy now, He's a wuss compared to anything Jim Bridger went through. Yeah. So. Yeah, and they like he was the first like you know uh, person of European descent to find the Great Salt Lake. Um, and like all the this book talked about all the battles he would have with the natives and how he could like win them because he lived with other tribes, so he like knew he knew their strategies and things, and a bunch yeah. of them happened like here and in the the Driggs Victor side of the Tetons. Yeah. Well, that's, I was impressed with learning more about him and how, how far and wide he explored. Yeah. He wasn't just like on, on the Bridger trail. He was up there in Montana down into, I think he was in New Mexico. Yeah. Like just everywhere and doing cool things everywhere he went. Yeah. I'm grabbing, I'm just grabbing so, this yeah. book because it kind of shows the map of where nice. he where he hung out. I don't, yeah. Yeah. So this is the map. And so it <laughs> and encompasses Wyoming's somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah. Wyoming's basically the middle. Yeah. But Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Colorado, Utah, Idaho, and Wyoming is kind of the middle, but even down in, yeah, in New Mexico, like, and this is all like, there's the, there's the Bridger wagon road. There's the Bridger trail. There's like nine different Bridger forts and cities and pa- passes that were named after him and lakes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. See, that's a good name. My son should be proud to be named after Jim Bridger. Yes. Yes, he should be. I wish I was named Bridger. <laughs> yeah. This guy is such a badass. And did not really come sure. from like, it wasn't like he was born in the mountains or anything. He was born in like, St. Louis, I think, and and just started wanting to get out of there because he lost his job and just was like, I need to make a living. And this this I think it was like a fur trapping company can pay can make give me food. Yeah. And then he becomes like the most well known explorer, or maybe second, third to Lewis and Clark. But well, yeah. But but like as far as Wyoming most, goes, he, yeah, yeah, one of the most notable explorers of all time. Yep. Yeah, he's a pretty awesome guy. Definitely. I mean, they followed his path to build railroads yeah. because he found the best routes. And if the railroad needed a good route, they looked at what he was doing and that worked. So that says a lot. Yeah. And past the Oregon. And, and I think part of the, the, the Southern, basically, I think it's what's like I-80 now is like his yeah. trail. And then that was the Oregon trail. And then like all of the, and then that turned into a freaking freeway. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I eighty followed the followed the railroad basically, and the yeah. railroad basically followed the Bridger Trail. So I cool. never thought of it until just now that I, I I knew where like Bridger's Trail Bridger Trail was, and I knew it was like cutting across the south of Wyoming, and I ne- and yeah. I know where I eighty is, but I never thought about it until now. That's probably the same spot. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's pretty yeah. nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, and then if you have you ever heard we. Um, 
I listened to this podcast. I was talking about the Oregon trail one time. Uh, and once it got established, people were coming out and, um, people were less and less prepared when they would come out. And then people were also trying to like profit off of that movement. So, um, people would sell fake guidebooks to uh, getting people out to California. They would like say like, all right, here's your route when it's just like, like it's just Tyler's route. And it it doesn't mean anything. I haven't even been out there. I just said, this is my route. And now I'm selling you this, the directions to get to California. (laughs) So these people would just start walking across the country on a route that wasn't even really a route. And then they would end up going into the wrong part of whatever mountain range they were crossing. And then like a bunch, obviously a bunch of them died. And that's what led to the, um, the Donner, the Donner pass stuff. Oh yeah. Like all that, that's, all that. That's action. how they got stuck. Wow. Yeah. Huh. They just followed some Didn't random that, but... salesman saying, no, here's the route when he wasn't even with them. So that says that cricket salesmen are not a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've been around forever. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. That's with why probably I, more harsh, uh, <laughs> with more harsh uh, outcomes than maybe the you know crooked car salesman. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Um, what else we talk about? Well, um, so something that I've been that I'm really passionate about and working a lot with um, goes back to the project that I'm working with Ty Alec and Casper. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe as passionate, I mean, I'm as passionate about art advocacy and creating opportunities for artists as I am about making my own art. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was hoping that was something that could maybe come up just because I've talked to a lot of artists across the state, all the way into Jackson, Casper, Gillette. Um, I've hosted artists from all over the state in pop-up shows here in Cheyenne. Um, just trying to create opportunities, you know, like I said earlier, it, it was hard to find opportunities as an artist before yeah. the pandemic. Um, so I started these projects uh, where um, I went and asked vacant storefronts um, in downtown Cheyenne, because we have, you know, a downtown that is trying to recover, but it's slow. So there's a lot of empty stores. Uh, so I'd go knock on doors and ask building owners if, hey, can I borrow your building for a weekend and have an art show? You know, and some of them were like, absolutely that's cool if you want to use it you know make sure you clean it up when you're done or some of them said no you're gonna have to pay me for it so those are the people that i didn't work with but that's all right um so it ended up doing uh not last summer but the summer before obviously we were shut down last summer but um in 2019 i hosted five different art pop-up shops um set them up as, as close to a real gallery setting as i possibly could without you know changing paint color and you know changing building that I was borrowing Mm -hmm. Uh, and they turned into these like these things that had had a real life to them and um, in the five shows I was able to host 50 different artists from all across Wyoming and even into Colorado that's so cool Uh, a a lot of them had never shown their artwork at all you know so it's like this terrifying new event Mm -hmm. several of them a lot of them sold artwork and I think we averaged 125 viewers per show uh, which if you know anything about like small town art galleries, like 125 people in a month would be good, but yeah. to bring that many people through in one night or one day, pretty unheard of. And that's insane. They turned into these really cool things. And that's what Ty and I are going to do in Casper. Ty's, Ty's doing the um, local, you know, the footwork to get a building. Um, and we kind of thought it'd be really cool to bridge the gap between the, 
the two biggest cities in, Cheyenne, in Wyoming, Casper and Cheyenne, bring artists to Casper from Cheyenne and have artists in Casper and have this collaborative show, um, even just for a weekend, you know, and it's just this thing that's going to be there for a while. We'll probably have live music and food and then it goes away. And hopefully that everybody that's there gets this really cool opportunity to show their work. So yeah, that's, that's, that's something I've been working on. That's it's uh, so cool. Um, from when you're not, before I was like kind of knowing about, knowing about the Wyoming art scene, Wyoming doesn't seem like a place that would have a strong art scene or like have a lot of support for artists. Cause it just is like, you know, this cowboy state, it's mostly open, open area and mountains. And there's a lot of ranchers and a lot of, you know, um, a lot of like right-leaning people who may not be as into art as, as others, but, but there's this really, really strong support for, for Wyoming artists by Wyomingans, you know, like, it's like, we don't, I say we have been here for two years, but we, we don't have like a ton of like famous people come out of here. So anything we can do to support our own, like our, our friends and neighbors and everybody that's from Wyoming, um, people tend to get really, really behind it. Absolutely. I agree with you hundred percent. Um, you know, you talked about the, like the ranchers and stuff. And, and I talked earlier about the gaps between communities and art communities in particular, yeah. you know, if I wanted to connect, with an artist or a rancher in Lander, for for instance, mm. you know that's a long drive for me to get there or, yeah. or whatever. But that's where I really want to be able to figure out a way to bridge these gaps. And you know, uh, Wyoming Arts Council is one of the entities that's going to be able to do that and help with it. So I was super excited that Jackson Stillworks is um, do donating all the money to their cause. So. I don't know. And then uh, back to that rancher, I was just thinking that you talked about like, so you think about this big, tough cattle rancher that's, you know, it's probably got hands made in leather, sausage fingers, like <laughs> super tough, burly dude. Right. Yeah. But those, some of those are the people that surprise you and they'll put out some of the most like incredible artwork mm -hmm. that like, you what, how did, where did this guy come from? But guess what? That guy probably doesn't show his artwork or his wife or whoever, because, there's, it's too far to go to Casper or Cheyenne or Jackson or, you know, there's nobody looking for that guy. And those yeah. are the people that I want to find and connect with and bring them to my little pop-up galleries that, you know, that I'm not taking commission or I'm not charging a fee. And I just want it to be opportunity for anybody and everybody. So I, I Yeah, know, we almost it, need some sort of like, we almost need some sort of like digital like a some sort of some way to do like a digital gallery not you know uh not like our live stream it still works where you guys were in the room and a little bit more personal than just like a web page of it right mm -hmm. like some way to have online viewership but have the artist be able to interact with people in real time somehow sure um, and like well, get that's that going. Your new job, okay. Yeah. Let's get it going. Okay. <laughs> Let's start there's a, like, there's a Facebook page called Wyoming Artists Collective. And it's, it's, you know, it's kind of, that is the, is their kind of goal, I guess, is to, I think it's more geared towards online sales. Yeah. Rather than, um, you know, on, online connections, which is good. I mean, sales turn into connections, connections turn into sales. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking that up. I'm definitely working on some projects. I've got one pretty cool project I think I told you about when I was in Jackson that's coming up. Um, I'm a board member for Arts Cheyenne. Um, we're kind of Cheyenne's art advocacy group. Um, and I proposed recently a project that's going to build a basically a mobile art gallery. Um, we're in the, we're in the, you know, planning stages and figuring out how we're going to do that. But what I vision is, is this literally a box, a trailer, or could be a motor home. I don't know with clean walls, uh, hang a way to hang artwork, go park it in some cool parking lot or some not cool parking lot that, you know, maybe the South side of Cheyenne that doesn't get a lot of, I don't know, art, art, much of an art push, or, you know, they don't even, some of those people that, that maybe don't, or somebody that lives in Burns, Wyoming, who doesn't go to an art gallery because it's 50 miles away, go park this gallery there, have an art show, bring a food truck along and have this really cool art event. Yeah. And, or, yeah. Uh, and you could even so like, yeah, hop, you could hop amongst the, um, like the city, little city festivals. Like we have one here called the people's market. It's kind of like a combo yeah. of, uh farmer's market with like little goods and little things that people make you know like jewelry and stuff sure. like that and you can like add that in there and hop around those if we're ever allowed to have those yep. again but yeah well every town has you know a, a fair a county fair or yeah. a uh i don't know what town is it i think it's gillette has mule creek days and casper has something i'm sure or yeah rodeos like, yeah but yeah, I mean, those are great events, but I'm talking like on a Thursday night in the summer, go park it at some school parking lot or, you know, in a Safeway parking lot somewhere and say, hey, we're having an art show right now here today. Come have some fun and just bring the arts to people who normally wouldn't even pay attention because yeah. they don't want to go go to gallery because maybe it's not comfortable. Galleries aren't always the most comfortable places, but ours, because it's in your neighborhood, it's going to be comfortable. Yeah, so, because it's not. That's my vision, and yeah, it's it's coming to life very soon. So that's fantastic, awesome. But yeah, any again, like anything, edit from like the marketing, and he's like, way to get that message out. Let me know. We can, I can build your page, run your stuff, get it out to the Stillworks audience, all my audience. We'll get it out to the masses when you get when we get this going. That's awesome, man. I appreciate that because, and that's, that's how we're going to bridge those gaps too, is, is working with people, you know, you're there, I'm here and you have this skill. I have this skill. Let's yeah. put them together and make things happen. Yeah. So that's awesome. I appreciate yeah. that. For sure. Yeah. Aside, you know, aside from the obvious um, tragedy of people dying from COVID, there's a lot, there's a good, there's a, a lot of good that has come out of like having to be more introspective and figuring out like, how do we, we, we want to do something. How do we do it a different way? And now people are connecting in different ways than they ever have before. Because like, you know, in the past I may have said like, Hey, Steve, you want to come up and do a podcast? And if you said no, it'd be like, Oh darn. But now like, this is just so much the norm yeah. that we're able to do this. And we're thinking now more digital connectivity between communities when we didn't have to before it was like, I'll come there. We'll go to my office. We'll do whatever. But now this is just the norm and it's, it's, make, it's making people think a little bit differently. And that's Absolutely. sometimes it's working Def out well. I think so. Um, I still miss, I really miss the human connection. Like 
Mm -hmm. I'd rather sell a piece of artwork to somebody who I can shake their hand or give them a hug and say, thank you. Mm -hmm. But people have been gotten creative with, with ways that they can still get out in the world. So yeah, I think you're right. I think the pandemic has brought maybe a little more creativity to the surface as far as how people can, can, can explore the world. Yeah. There's some light. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm losing mine too. This is only light in my office and now it's getting to get, nice. starting to get dark here. Um, I'm losing sunlight over here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've really missed out on the handshaking. I was, I've always like a person that just wanted to like, when I met you respectfully, like, hi, I'm Tyler. And the amount of times I've been like, my hands been pushed aside to like do an elbow bump. I've just been uh, <laughs> like, this is not as good. Yeah. Like I still I respect you, but I'm just like, come on, let me check. No, out. I'm with you, man. Like carry some hand sanitizer. Yeah. shake hands hand sanitize again no um, i remember back in like march the first you know when things were first getting weird uh the i went to shake i met somebody's i was working on an art show and i was went and met this building owner and i went to shake his hand and he kind of looked at me like what and he yeah. stuck his foot out at me and i'm like what he goes toe tap <laughs> okay <laughs> i thought it was the weirdest thing and it certainly that, okay. wasn't like a human connection that i like <laughs> that is the weirdest thing like he didn't like fist bump you no elbow no. nothing like that's weird anyway, straight to toe tap uh, yeah okay i guess like, don't kick me in the shin but okay do you guys have um does your county have a mask mandate right now yeah okay yeah i, went yeah, to- I think we were second behind you guys as far yeah. as the mask mandate yeah, I've gone to I some think, other counties like outside of Jackson, the smaller ones, and they're just like, they give you weird looks if you are wearing a mask. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's still happening in some of the smaller towns. And, and uh, even here, there are people that are like, you know, obviously refusing to do anything that the government tells them to. So, you know, there's that whole argument. But yeah. um, for the most part, people are, are trying to be safe and and it, the numbers are showing that it's working. Something's working because the numbers are going down or maybe people just quit getting tested. I don't know. So our numbers are getting, are, we're getting pretty bad here. Just, I think. Yeah. Like to, our, just, we just the amount of tourists, like it's just going to happen. Well, well, yeah, it's impossible for you guys because yeah. everybody who comes in is coming from somewhere else and who knows what they're bringing. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's a bad deal. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been disappointed though, with the way our Teton County like health group, reports on the numbers they always say it in a perspective of it's like the residents are getting it so we're like the most infected county in america (laughs) when it's like really no that's not that's not how that works we have four million tourists a year and all of our residents are the most healthy people in america who just want to be alone in the mountains yeah right like it's not our residents maybe like people like the tourist facing people are getting it but it's not because we're like in like some back room, like huddled up of people kissing Everybody's each other. licking each other's faces. Yeah. 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 It's like, <laughs> so are they, not... are they, are they taste testing the tourists that get sick there? And that's where your numbers are just going crazy and wonky. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, my, so my girlfriend, she, I said she's a nurse. She, her part-time gig is she does IVs for a company called house call hydration and, um, do like, like, uh, altitude sickness, hangover, stuff like that. Vitamins. Sure. Um, and then as one of their offerings, they do COVID tests, like in-home COVID tests. So she's been going around all the condos and all the resort spots, like giving COVID tests to tourists. And then, so then your County health organization gets those tests back when they get a positive, they have to put it into your numbers. 
Well, yeah, they don't they don't look to say like, oh, this person's actually from New York. Put it on their numbers. It's like it's a Teton County case. And so I'm just like, where's the logic now? Because then they're they're like making the I mean, you need to make rules because we have a lot of tourists, certainly. But they're making these rules. They're like making this messaging to the locals. (laughs) It's like locals don't like do this. Don't do that. Like we need to change the trend. It's like, no, tourists. They need they don't they need to talk to the tourists because I've had yeah. so many interactions where people they come into town and they think this is vacation more in the summer than now because I think people just kind of get it like what's supposed to do but in the summer it was they would come here from vacation on vacation and this is just their time to relax they don't this isn't the real world to them so they don't need to worry about real world things and the mask was one of those things it was like I'm on vacation I don't need to wear a mask but yeah like you do because you're you could have COVID and you're now walking around our town square, going into shops, touching all the stuff and going into our restaurants. And then now our locals are getting it. And then now our restaurants are shut down. Yeah. That's tough. So yeah, yeah. there was a ton of people that I know that are like work tourist facing had to run into that. And they were none of the people that threw a sure. fit were from here. It was like people from anywhere else. Yeah. They, they still want their vacation, even mm-hmm. though, yeah the other tourists have come and messed things up for everybody yeah and i obviously i i've said this before we live in like i live in this fantastical bubble right here so that people think that too when they come into vacation this is just a a fantasy bubble that we're living in (laughs) and so masks don't apply here sometimes apparently even as as a wyomingite jackson is like this old it's its own little world it doesn't it doesn't really fit in the rest of wyoming it just happens yeah. to be there yeah and, and it doesn't fit in idaho it doesn't fit in montana it doesn't really fit <laughs> no. anywhere except for like no. our valley and it's such a I, I remember the first time i came out for an art festival like i just was people watching and i was like man this just does not feel like i'm in my home state at all yeah and it is it's so interesting but yeah i like Jackson's to say definitely um, its own thing yeah, I like to say, uh, have you have you heard of the uh, the ice bar in Bondurant that they're doing this? Yeah, day? yeah. So we went down there, and I was it was some friends that were in town. And I was like, all right, so guys, so we're now we're going to the real part of Wyoming, where there's like <laughs> not billionaires living at every square block. Yeah, and it's like people actually like working hard. They're not just um, they're like ranching. They're not all ski bums. They're not all just like taking ski lunch breaks, ski meetings. Like this is real <laughs> out here. Yeah. <laughs> they work from sun up to sundown and yeah. Yeah. It's it's a different world up there for sure. It's but, always windy. But I enjoy it. It's a great place to come visit. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So, and Are there it's, any it's a go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's a great place to be an artist. I mean, mm-hmm. um that's I think maybe one of the biggest, most flattering parts of being even involved in the Stillworks label competition is that man this is in jackson hole wyoming like this is the prime art spot of of the region so it was it was pretty cool yeah there is awesome there's a big art scene here and that i didn't really know or get into until i started working with stillworks yeah yeah i was just walking around downtown there's like 15 galleries in two city blocks and some of those galleries have paintings that they have Picasso's and Degas and um, local artists that are selling for $50,000 a painting. I mean, like you don't see that outside of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I walked, it's pretty cool. 
I walked into one of them to see, like, I love wolves. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll find like a cool wolf painting that maybe looks like Bridger. And maybe I'll, maybe I think about buying it and putting my office and I'm looking around and everything's like 15 grand. And I was just like, nah, maybe not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You'd love to, but just maybe not right. Yeah. Like that, that statue does look like Bridger, but it's a hundred thousand dollars. So I'll pass maybe next year. Yeah. 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 You don't, and you don't find art of that maybe caliber and price tag in most places. So it's pretty cool to be even featured at all in Jackson. So. Yeah. And your, and your piece was put out in front of the local, one of the main restaurants. Yeah. In the square, a lot of rich, or not a lot of art fans that go through there. You could say rich people. That's okay. They probably don't take offense to that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, something I did want to talk about that I just I just thought of the pricing of art pieces is something that when you're not in the art scene or not an artist yourself, you look at some of these things and you say, "Wow, that's absolute nonsense!" Right? Um, I want to phrase this. I want to phrase this so none of the artists listening get offended. Talk through. Don't don't be offended, people. <laughs> yes, I yeah. I just want to talk through like the thought process that goes into the way that you do it, or other artists that you're that you're friends with when they decide on a price for a piece of art. The pricing is tough. I don't care who you are or yeah. where you started. It's tough. Um, when I first started selling paintings, it was super cheap. Like you know. It, a small painting, 50 bucks. And people were like, no problem. I, you know, I don't have to tell my husband that I just bought a $50 painting, you know? Um, but then when you start getting your name out there and you have maybe galleries selling your work and, or you're getting collectors, then you got to really start being a little more thoughtful about it. Um, and you don't want to undersell your work because that's devaluing, devaluing your work, your time, your skill, the years and years of work that you've put into getting that skill. So then you're at this point like, well, what's it worth? Well, what does a plumber charge? $75 an hour. That's a pretty <laughs> important skill, right? Or an electrician or, or whoever. So you're like, okay, so maybe I'm there. Because my skill was learned and it took me a long time to figure it out, just like an electrician or a plumber. Yeah. Um, but then you're like, well, I don't know. Like, So then you say, all right, I put 12 hours into that at $75 an hour. we're getting up there pretty high, pretty quick. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Um, It's tough, but what I ended up doing is kind of settling on a per square inch price. Oh, and to me, that gives me a very baseline. I can say my paintings sell for, you know, dollar 50 or $2 a square inch. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that adds up quickly when you have a big painting, but at the same time, it's something that I can talk to a, buyer about and say hey listen this is my price and they're like $1. fifty square inch that's nothing well thanks i appreciate that you know but yeah. it's tough it's really tough i was actually having a, a conversation with a lady on social media the other day about she was struggling because somebody kept telling her painting was too expensive and i told her don't give in like if you're valuing your work at that price keep it there somebody will eventually love it or you keep it and love it yourself and that's kind of where I'm at. And um, when I'm at my art art festivals and my, my little art booth, which is like my, my own little 
art world that I get to carry around with me. If somebody comes in and questions my prices, I just don't even give them the time of day. Like if, if they're going to be belittling me because of my prices or my work, then they're obviously not interested in what I'm doing. They don't appreciate what I'm doing. And I'm okay with that. They, you, yeah. you don't have to. That's the world. Like I'm okay with that. But if you truly appreciate what somebody does and the skill that they have and the time that they've put into getting that skill, you may not be able to afford it, but don't belittle them and don't, you know, don't ever tell them that it's too expensive and yeah. or it's not worth that yeah. because that's about as nasty and mean as you can be to an artist. For sure. So, yeah. I would, yeah, I, I would personally never say that to somebody. Yeah. I would just, you know, not buy it. <laughs> Move on. Yeah, just say, I love it. I just, I'm not, I'm financially not there today. Yeah. And that's okay. And then every artist in the world would understand that because they're probably in the same boat. They want to go buy that painting over there, but they maybe can't afford it. Yeah. And they're going to understand that, but they can appreciate the work that went into that painting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for those out there that, you know, aren't sure if they want to get into the art world or like, don't know if they want to start buying paintings, appreciating the work and the effort that an artist has put into something is almost as good as buying it. And Absolutely. maybe even sometimes better, like just saying like, Hey, this is fantastic. Like I understand, like for me, I don't have an artistically love artistic loving brain to begin with. But once I force myself to look at some of the pieces, like the finalists and the other sub submissions in the contest and say like, you know, what is interesting about this and what's, what do I like? What is my eye liking about it? And then thinking about how I, how do I talk about that? Um, you know, so I could talk with all, all the finalists about it when I was, we were doing that live stream was something sure. that like helped me. Now I can look at pieces and be like, Oh, I, you know, he wants some folk. They, they want some focus on that. Or like, that was something special that they put in there. Um, and I, it, it, I noticed when I was talking to all the finalists, if I was able to like pick something out and say like, Oh, I really loved how you did this. And they, they were, their faces, all your faces would just light up. Yeah. It's, it's it a so cool. huge compliment yeah. to be able to connect with the person about your artwork. Mm -hmm. And the biggest compliment you can ever give a living artist is to buy their work. Like that means you love something that they just poured their heart and soul into. They, you're willing to make it part of your life and you're willing to pay the good money that you've worked hard for, for something that I made, that my hands made. Like mm -hmm. there, there is no bigger compliment in my eyes yeah so definitely yeah i need some i need some good art for my office here you can see pretty bare walls that's the uh constitution um got an american flag Keep behind it. me got a wyoming <laughs> flag um sitting somewhere that's gonna go up and then i have this thing you'll probably think this is cool my girlfriend's mom is it backwards for you or can you read it no you're good yeah nice it looks like the national forest signs and there's actually yeah, that's sweet there's actually a bridger teton wilderness yeah like on near Togety pass. So this kind of looks like that. And that's, that's oh, hanging that's up cool. in here too. But yeah. <laughs> nice. I want to get a bunch that's of good. cool art in here and like little like shelves and memorabilia to make this more of like a fun studio. I guess. Yeah. Studio. Yeah. Anything to create some attention and some interest would be good for sure. Yeah. But I could see maybe right behind you off your, uh, would be your left shoulder, right under the light. This, mm -hmm right on a shelf Ooh, <laughs> yes that is genius it'd be, it'd be glowing yeah that's like <laughs> such a great idea i was just thinking like i should buy i'll go in then i'll get i'll grab two bottles from them one like 
to drink and then one to just have yeah. as a collector. Like yeah, how cool would it see? be if like shot? Okay. This is, this goes out to anybody out there who's been buying Stellworks for years. If anybody can contact the distillery or Chaz or Trav or me, if they have a collection of all the different labels or a bunch of them, how cool would that be? That would be awesome. I wish that I knew, you know, 10 years ago that this would be in my life that I could have been thoughtful and bought all of them. Or if there was a way to have all of them and then have mine be in there, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Cause like, that'd be super so sweet. like Chaz and Trav have all of them, obviously they have them in the, in yeah. the distillery, but like we're, we're getting into a realm. I, how many has there been like eight? I think mine's the eight. Yeah. Eight. So yeah. like there's, there's other liquor companies that do like funky stuff like that. And then it turns into a collector's item. Like um, there's this whiskey yeah. that, there's this whiskey that that I had one day with them where the the top is a little like trinket, like a little horse or like a little like a guy. And somewhere on the, the trinket is a letter spelling out the name and then all of the different collector's items spell out the full name. Oh, that's cool. So like huh. we could get a, and, and people like go out and just try to find the little trinkets try to try to collect the set. Yeah. It's so like we could... I'll talk with the marketing team that still works, yeah. aka me, and <laughs> get this going. You know we, yeah, because we need to like, yeah. this could be something be cool. really cool. You know what else would be really cool is if somehow you could get all eight of the artists together for a show. Yeah, all the winners. I'll bring a piece, everybody, yeah. but not not the not the pieces that they won with. If like, I know Borbay won, and uh, you know, if, if we got all eight of the people who won to bring a show, a piece to a show. That'd be a sweet art show. It would be. And yeah. what a cool collaboration and, and uh, conversation that would have. Like, that'd be sweet. Like a, we're, we're going on this, like a 10 year anniversary special edition bottle. Sweet. We did, we did a contest yeah. of all the old, uh, the last nine winners. There and like, <laughs> and it's like, it's like an addition to the regular contest. So you have like the 10, the, the full year for the 10th year. And there's a special edition. We do a small run of this special edition 10th anniversary, the winner of the winners, um, <laughs> special edition go. label. That's pretty cool. See, this like is, it. this is why I'm in marketing. You see how fast I went from like, yeah, you well, saying it should go there to now we're doing special edition bottles. <laughs> yeah. And then the, my idea is now I'm thinking I'll bring it when I get my mobile art trailer built i'll bring it up that's where the art show is going to be definitely yeah <laughs> yeah we could do oh for your art shows have you heard of harvest host i have not it's a it's a network of like companies just businesses that have like a bigger parking lot or some bigger land it's a lot of breweries okay. distilleries and wineries golf courses and you like people would pay like a monthly or yearly subscription into it. And then they can have access to park their RVs or campers or trailers and spend the okay. night there. And they're not required to pay the business anything. They're just They're just recommended to go in and buy whatever they're selling. So Chaz and Travis, yeah. they do harvest host, but like as looking around, like that could be a great spot to pull up at a winery, be their harvest host um, guest for the night. And like, there's your spot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Is that a Jackson thing? Or is that no, it's a na nationwide. Nationwide? Yeah. Yeah, and okay. I haven't heard of it. I'll yeah, look into the RV season. What was it called again? Harvest. Host. Harvest what? Host. Okay. I'll send you the link. I'll look into it. Cool. Yeah, yeah sounds awesome, man.
<laughs> yeah, let's think about that art show. <laughs> yeah, let's the do winner it. I'm, show. I'm looking at yeah, I'm looking at all the other um, submissions. Yeah, it could be called like Jackson Hole Stillworks Legends. Ooh. <laughs> Not that I'm saying that I'm a legend. No, you're a legend. Something. You're counted in the first ten, <laughs> so we get you. You could be the winner. You could be. It's, we're getting into like calling this thing like a WWE type of tournament, like <laughs> le- superstars and legends and all that yeah. stuff. That's funny. The Royal Rumble. <laughs> there you go. Hey, if it's a tie at the end of the night, we'll arm wrestle for the winner. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be you and you and Katie Ann Fox wrestling at the end of the night. I don't want any part of that. She would kick my ass probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'd be embarrassed, and I have to go home. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, um, we're at, let's see, about an hour and 15 minutes or so. Um, okay. I won't, I won't take any more of your time, but, um, so I'll wrap this up. Just tell the nice people in the audience where they can find you on social media and your website. All right. So, uh, again, I'm Steve Knox. Um, social media stuff is, uh, uh, I don't even know, uh, at fine arts, Steve Knox, fine art. Um, I can, I'll find it. It's, it's at, Fine art. <laughs> I can add it all. Steve Knox Fine Art. And then my website is fine art by Steve Knox.com. So, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Steve Knox Come art. visit. Give me a call. You know, even if you want to collaborate on art, art projects, let me know. Let's, yeah. let's make things happen. So, yeah. Yeah. So your, your handle is Steve Knox Art and your profile picture is um, like a painting of a windmill for anybody looking out there or contact still works, contact me, whatever you got to do. We'll, we'll connect you with Steve. The website is what he said, fineartbystevenox.com. You can see um, all the original pieces. And uh, are these, are the ones in your gallery, like all the ones you have available? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm struggling through building my website, I'm doing it on my own. So um, some of them are available. Some of them are not. Uh, almost all of them are available in prints. Really the best way to find my work if, is to call me and, mm-hmm. and we'll, We'll figure it out. I know it's not the best uh, business strategy, but I, like I said, I'd rather meet you in person anyways. So definitely. Yeah. It's all good. And I can help you with the website. This is a square Squarespace thing, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. That I'm familiar with Squarespace. I can help you with that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah. Anybody out there, whether you're an artist or a buyer, just want to talk to, talk to Steve or whatever, um, hit him up on the, on those spots or, or, or hit me up and I'll connect you guys. We'll get something going. Um, Steve, thank you again for coming on. Um, your piece is phenomenal. I can, I can speak for everybody. It still works when we say, when I say that we're so excited to have you as our, your art, as our label for this year, it's going to be a great year. Um, I can't wait to see what the year holds and what, what kind of connections we can form with you being on our bottle and directing people to you and getting all this art, fun art stuff going. Yeah, I can't tell you guys how much I appreciate it. It's it's been such a flattering, humbling experience and just fun and, and awesome to meet all you guys. I guess you guys like consider your friends now, and I look forward to working with you guys again. So Definitely, thanks again. yeah, awesome. All right, thanks everyone for listening. Have a good week.